Being a Better Man, Episode 92. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. It was around the spring of 1982, right before my 20th birthday. I had been serving in the Army at Fort Hood, Texas for 18 months. Then I got orders that I would be going to Germany. I was excited to be traveling abroad, but at the same time, I was torn about having to leave my new family. I had gotten married while I was in Texas, and the marriage came with a two-year-old daughter, so suddenly I was a dad. And my wife at the time was also pregnant with my first biological child, who would later turn out to be my son. It felt very wrong to leave them at this point in my life. It felt very unnatural. I knew I had to figure out how to bring them to Germany with me. In order to accomplish that, I had to sign a new contract with the Army that would extend my tour in Germany to three years, which meant I would be in the Army about a year longer than my original enlistment period of four years. But it was worth it to me, because I couldn't stand the thought of being separated from my new daughter and soon-to-be-born baby for that length of time. Still, it would take several months for me to secure housing and save up enough money to bring my family over, but it was better than going years without seeing them. In those days, there were no cell phones, no Skype, no Facebook, no Internet, so I would truly be isolated from all my loved ones except for the now old-fashioned method of writing letters and the occasional super expensive long-distance phone call. My very first night in Germany... I made a complete fool of myself as I tried to prove that German beer was no more potent than American beer. I was very wrong about that and spent the next day suffering the consequences. A day later, I arrived at my duty station, my permanent unit. As luck would have it, it was the beginning of the weekend. There I was, 19 years old, alone in a foreign country for the first time, and I didn't have a clue about what to do. A fellow soldier quickly befriended me and offered to show me the town. I was grateful for this opportunity. He seemed like a good guy. His name was Jeff. He was a tiny little wiry sort of guy, probably 120 pounds and full of energy, the kind of guy that never really stops moving. We got cleaned up and ready for a night on the town. He was going to show me all the best spots. Town was only about a mile away, so we took out walking. We arrived at our first destination a nightclub that was full of big round tables, around which were American G.I.s and a few German citizens drinking room-temperature beer from large glass boots. We found a seat and started in drinking with them. I met my first Germans then, and I was having a good time getting to know people, getting a feel for the place. After Jeff had polished off a couple glass boots, he seemed to change. He became sullen and edgy, his eyes were darting around, and he seemed like a different person. He told me to get ready to leave. I stood up and put on my jacket. 
Then, to my horror, Jeff jumped up on the middle of one of the round tables. Then he went around the whole table, kicking everybody in the face who was seated there. It all happened so fast, I didn't know what was going on. He jumped down off the table and grabbed my arm as he was running out the door. Not knowing what else to do, I followed him. We ran out of the bar and down the street. There were some people chasing us, so we kept running until we couldn't hear them behind us anymore. As we were catching our breath, I yelled at him, asking, What the hell was that all about? He just laughed and said he'd always wanted to do that, and that those people had it coming. Then he started off down the street to a new location. I began having serious doubts about my choice of companion for the evening, but I followed him anyway because I was in a strange city in a foreign town, and I didn't know how to get around without him. We wound up in another bar. We had a booth next to the dance floor. Most of the patrons of this bar were German, with just a few Americans. We had had a couple beers, and it all seemed pleasant enough. I was taking in all the new sights and sounds, and then a woman who was dancing got real close to our table. Jeff decided it would be a good idea to reach out and grab her bottom in a particularly rude manner. Well, she was furious. She turned around and cussed us both out in German. I couldn't tell what she was saying, but I knew it wasn't good. And she was sitting with a very large American guy and a few other Germans. The big guy walked over to our table and told Jeff that what he did wasn't very nice and told him not to do anything else like that if he knew what was good for him. After he left, Jeff finished his beer and again told me to put my coat on. What happened next was very unexpected. Little Jeff walked over to where the big guy was seated. He grabbed him and threw him down in the middle of the dance floor and proceeded to just beat the hell out of him. Everybody in this bar knew each other, and soon there was a pile of people all trying to get a piece of Jeff, who was now on the bottom of the pile. I was sitting there, just not sure what to do. Even though I didn't condone his actions, I felt some responsibility because I had come with him. I felt like I should at least try to get him out of there. So I went to the pile of people and very politely reached down to where Jeff was and picked him up with one arm and then started casually walking toward the door, carrying him like he was a big sack of potatoes draped over one arm. When the people saw what was happening, they weren't about to just let us leave. Now they were coming for me too. Jeff was back on his feet, fighting like a wild man, and I had no choice but to do the same. There was a wall of people coming at us, so many that they got in each other's way. As soon as we would knock one down, another would take his place. We were fighting our way to the door like this. It was kind of like being in a bad movie. When we got to the door, we turned around to run and then froze because we were each staring down the barrel of a 9mm handgun, which were being held by the German police, the Polizei. Suddenly, we were both pinned up against the wall being interrogated in broken English by the police. I had heard stories about the Polizei. At that time, they had a reputation for shooting first and then asking questions, and you did not want to wind up in German jail. In a very calm voice, I began explaining to the police that my friend was drunk and a little crazy, and that if he just let us go, I would take him straight back to our barracks and they wouldn't have any more trouble from us. I must have been convincing because gradually the cops started to become less militant and eventually let us go on my promise that I would take him directly home. 
So now we were free again, walking up the street toward the barracks. All the way, I was admonishing my new companion about how much trouble he almost got us into, about how crazy he was acting, and really just about how rude he was being to other people. I was very angry that I had wound up being associated with this guy, and I'd made up my mind that he and I were not going to be friends. About halfway back to the barracks, we met another soldier walking toward town. When he was about 15 feet away, Jeff yelled at him. "'What did you say about my mom?' he said." The guy looked surprised, and before he could even respond, Jeff was on top of him, beating the stuffing out of him right there on the sidewalk. I looked toward the street, and guess who I saw driving by? The same police that had just let us go only moments earlier. Their lights came on as they made a U-turn, and we heard a big chirp of their siren. Jeff saw it, too, and yelled at me to follow him. Suddenly, I was seeing a part of Germany I hadn't expected. As we were crawling through people's gardens and climbing fences, trying to elude the police who were chasing us. The chase went on for what seemed like a very long time, and I had no idea where I was. I was cut and scraped up all over, but we kept going because we could hear the sirens and the shouts of the police who were still trying to find us. After a while, a helicopter showed up with a searchlight. But eventually... Somehow, we made it back to the front gate of our caserne and scampered quickly to our barracks. I went straight to my room without even acknowledging Jeff. I was so angry at this point, I wanted to tear him to pieces myself. But I hid there in the darkness of my room until I went to sleep. The next day, I got up and I was wandering around my unit, introducing myself to the other guys I hadn't met yet. There was no sign of Jeff. Finally, I asked the sergeant on duty if he had seen him because I had a few choice words for him. He laughed and said Jeff was long gone. He had left earlier that morning to catch a plane back to the States. His time in Germany was over. I was kind of dumbfounded. I had managed to get hooked up with a psychopath on his last day in Germany. He was going crazy because he knew he would be gone the next day. He had probably been planning this night for months, and I was just the unlucky guy that he chose to accompany him. This experience taught me a great deal about befriending people too quickly, about trusting people I don't know. I felt foolish, because looking back on it, there were many signs that he wasn't quite right in the head, but I ignored those signs because I was so eager to have a friend. I replayed the events of that night over and over in my head feeling ashamed that I had not behaved better. I should have made him stop. I should have not let him hurt innocent people. I should have turned him in, or better yet, I should have knocked him out myself and called the military police. But I didn't do any of those things. I just went along, and in doing so, almost put myself and my family in jeopardy. I did a lot of growing up because of this experience, I knew I never wanted to repeat anything like this, and in order to do that, I had to become vigilant. I had to always be on guard and aware of my surroundings and other people, and I had to maintain a clear sense of who I was and what I stood for at all times. I had to wear this sense of myself like a cloak that I put on whenever I was in public. If I could keep this sense of who I was, then nothing could surprise me. I would always be ready to react to whatever happened in a way that would not make me ashamed. I think gaining this constant awareness of myself was the final step in me entering my manhood. It was the moment I truly became 
personally accountable. I don't know whatever happened to Jeff. He's probably rotting in a prison somewhere, or dead. And although what he did was horrible, and what he put me through was almost catastrophic, I can't deny that his lunacy did help me in a way. It expedited my evolution as a man by illuminating what I lacked. Only then was I able to fix it, to make sure it never happened again. We can't fix things we don't know are wrong. Well, that's it for today, guys. Now head out into the world and remember to look in the mirror. Remember to take a nice, long, objective view of yourself because we can only improve the things that we can see. And that's important if you want to be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out. This episode of Being a Better Man was brought to you by Audible.com. To download your free audiobook and get started on your free 30-day trial, just go to www.beingabettermanpodcast.com forward slash book. That'll take you to a special sign-up page and you can get started today. Thanks to Audible.com and thanks to you for listening and supporting the Being a Better Man podcast.